This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, And on our Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text line, our WWL Sports Digital producer, Jeff Nowak. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. LSU's Pro Day. Um... Man, I know there was a lot of peeping eyes on B.J. Ojolari because he's the guy that's going to be the first LSU guy off the board. I don't I think it will be anywhere from like 26 to probably like 35, 36, somewhere in that range. Hybrid player. And Bob and I were talking about this. Of all the LSU players they lost, he's going to be the toughest to replace. Uh, man, he is such a good technician. His ability to come off the edge, he's great in pursuit. He's physically gotten stronger. But, yep. uh, man, uh, he's a guy that you hear a lot of people sort of whisper to you, man, we really like B.G. July, but don't say too much about him, uh, you know, because they have that this time of year. Man, we like him, but, man, what, what do you think or what do you know about B.J. that I should know about him? He is a guy with a lot of buzz, and yet maybe the workout numbers aren't through the roof. Yeah, and he's obviously got the genes. His brother Aziz, uh, you know, was drafted by the Giants a couple years back. Um, you know, BJ is interesting. He's kind of a tweener, right? Like he's six yep. two. He's bulked up to about two fifty two. That was something he wanted to do this off season to kind of just show he could get a little bigger and hold the weight and also be agile. One thing that's worth noting is he's been dealing with a hamstring injury yeah. throughout kind of the entire offseason. He said that it, it hit him earlier, and then about two weeks ago, it crept up on him again. The doctors actually told him he should not participate in the pro day, and he should rest it, but he wanted to come out and work out for the scouts. He didn't run the 40, so we don't really know there, but he did, you know, he put up some impressive uh, numbers, obviously a 33-inch vertical leap, 10-foot-6 broad jump. Um, but yeah, I think the question for him is, is he, you know, an outside linebacker? Can he play in a three points, you know, a three point three, four system kind of deal. But um, he would, uh, he said that he would prefer to be a stand up linebacker. Yes. If it came yeah. to that because he likes to be able to see the field. And so that's where, you know, you kind of have to draw that line. Like for a team like the saints that typically airs toward the kind of huskier uh, defensive end type, you wonder if he's even on their radar in terms of what they would use him for. Um, but, no, he's definitely going to be someone that people watch closely. Jeff, uh, over the weekend I got to talk to Pete Jenkins, and he was working with Pete, and Pete had told me about it. Listen, he's dealing with a hamstring injury, but he said I had him and Will Anderson over here working out. And he said, all I did was work with their arms and their hands, showed them how to use it. He said, Mike, I didn't have to go into detail with BJ. He knew it. 
He said, it really, he said, you don't find a lot of young men that really know the technical part of the game like Ojolari does. And I said, Will does too. Uh, he, he's got it at another level. But he was really impressed with BJ and his work ethic, his focus. Football means a lot to him. And yeah. that, that's something with Pete, man. If football don't mean anything to you, hey, hey, go train with someone else. But he said, man, BJ, it's a lot about um, focus, do, doing the very best I can. And when you watched LSU last year, Perkins stood out because he made such big plays. Right. But everybody that played up against LSU, first name they brought up, Ojolari. Yeah, this is the time of year you hear the word character thrown around a lot, you know, whether it means football character, character off the field, there's all these types of facets to it. It's something that he brought up when we talked to him today. And we also got to talk to Michael Hodges, the Saints linebackers coach. He talked about BJ a little bit. And one thing that, that he made clear, you know, character is a very important part of this process. I think we get caught up in a lot of the combine numbers and how athletic people look in shorts, but you don't get to see kind of how those interactions and how those, you know, in-person visits and interviews go. But, you know, what, what Michael Hodges said is basically, you know, if there are like legitimate character concerns about a player, they'll actually put a different color tab on their name when they put them on the draft board. And in a lot of instances, they won't draft that guy. He might be an elite player, but if they have character concerns, they won't look at him like they, like they might if they weren't there. And so he's kind of just looping back around, you know, BJ is the kind of opposite of character concerns. I think when you look at his body of work and how he presents himself and, um, you know, he obviously wore number 18 this year. I think that's another big reason you might see him, climb up people's draft boards because that is a very important part of this process. You know where where I think he'd be a great fit? Philly. Mm -hmm. Because look what they've done. with. Well, we don't want the rich to get richer. No, Hassan Reddick. (laughs) But look how they use Hassan. Look how Hassan is built. And look at BJ. Similar bills. Carolina, too, is interesting to me. Yes. Yeah. Opposite Burns. Yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, when when you look at – you know, who you counting on? And, uh, Jeff, I wanted to bring this up to you. Uh, yep. Like Bernard uh, Converse. Uh, always like a player with three names. But Jerry Bernard <laughs> Converse, uh, that all of a sudden he's not invited to combine. But I don't know. He's played constantly, consistently. Four, at Oklahoma State. Right. He's played uh, four years. Basically, he's a starter, four seasons. And then I think he took advantage of his pro day. My understanding, what he no, ran yeah, like a four really four, well. and then he had a vertical, oh, like what was it, forty two inches or something? Yep. I mean, he uh, been tied for third at the combine if he was there. If he was there, well, and, and so uh, all of a sudden you think like he's going to be an undrafted free agent. Now it's like uh, that has to catch teams' attentions. No, especially for teams that are looking in the UDFA pool to try to bring in quality special teams depth and you're really looking for guys who can tackle, guys who can get down the field, uh, you know, as a gunner. You, know, you look at a JT Gray, right? Like, uh, like a player that made the NFL. From Mississippi State, yeah. He's able to do that, right? And Jarek, I think, is very much that. I, I, I don't understand why he wasn't invited to the Combine, but he has been working very hard, and you could tell, you know, he was very relieved to get this part of the process out of the way because this has been a big, a big thing that he has been working toward. Um, and he just definitely took advantage of his opportunity. And, you know, and he's pieced together, too. Well, Man, he's built like a corner. Uh, That's how was, he should I mean, be built. I was Man. impressed with him throughout the year. I, yeah. His name was 
well, you would hear his name constantly. Well, well yeah, and, and, games. and you know, Jeff, you think about it, he got exposure. He played, I want to say, the East-West Shrine game, played in the Hula Bowl, but wasn't invited in the Combine. So, Mike, okay, uh, you being the draft guru, and I want you to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, educate uh, Jeff and I. Okay, now what he did at his pro day. You know, you got all this. You got this senior bowl. You got all these bowls. And, you know, you're working out for coaches, senior bowl. Then you have the combine. Then you have your pro day. To me, wouldn't you say he done enough that uh, to go from an undrafted free agent now to be drafted similarly because of what he did at LSU's pro day? Also, he's playing the right position. Look how those corners peel off the board. I right. mean, fast. So, Mike, you, you would and, think about what he did that's today. Gonna, and that's going to help gonna his chances drafted, right? to get selected. Uh, the one guy, and we saw him last year, and I give him a lot of credit, Makai Gardner. They picked on mm-hmm. him. But you know what? Man, he got titanium in the backbone because it didn't matter if he got beat or not. he come right back the next play. It didn't bother him. And he's an impressive athlete because he's a big physical corner. And uh, his – postseason play was really good also uh, a little bit about Makai because it was a guy who also transferred he, he was at UL uh, Louisiana Lafayette came there and it was a starter there goes to LSU and it was obvious teams were going after him but man he didn't, he didn't let that break him you know he came right back he might give up a big play but then he would come up with a, a breakup of a pass downfield he's a really good athlete and you don't see a lot of corners that big like Makai Gardner is. No, I mean, you look at this list of LSU Pro Day players and you see a lot of transfers in there. You know, obviously it was the first year under Brian Kelly. Yeah, he was one of them. Jarek was one of them. Colby Richardson was one of them. Uh, Joe Fouché was one of them. And yeah, Makai, 6 feet, 211. He, he had a 38.5 vertical leap. You know, all of these guys, I think they're, they're, they're vying to be late round draft picks. And I think if you right. talk to NFL draft evaluators, when you're getting into the later rounds in the UDFA pool, you're looking for one elite trait, right? One thing you do that will benefit the team, then you can build off of that. You look at players like a Deontay Harris, right? Um, Hardy, I guess I should say. Right. Like that's how you're trying to make a team at that point. And I think that's where you're looking at Makai and you're, you're trying to figure out what that is. Um, but the athleticism is definitely there and the size is definitely And there. the physicality. He is a real physical guy with receivers downfield. Now you got to watch out because in the NFL they're going to call it um, mm-hmm. a, a lot quicker than they will in college. They sort of let you pull and tug and kind of beat guys up a little bit downfield. Uh, Makai's going to have to be careful about that. Well, and, and you know, Jeff, um, like who maybe surprised you? Uh, you had LSU's pro day, uh, and, and obviously I brought up Converse. But who maybe surprised you, or uh, what would be a list that maybe uh, not so much? Uh, what what did Keishawn Booty? Why wouldn't you run the forty, considering uh, how bad how bad it was at the combine? Uh, wouldn't you want to improve upon that? I mean, yeah. now I even see some mock drafts like a fourth round now, and Mike thinks still the third round, but maybe fourth round. But who impression? Maybe who discouraged you? Yeah, I'll start with I'll start with the negative, and I don't I don't like being negative on players. It's not I don't think it's it's where we need to be in terms of evaluating. But with with Kayshawn, it's really it's really disappointing because you watch him you watch him you know go through some of these drills. He didn't run the forty. He didn't do the vertical. And you're talking about a guy who jumped in the second percentile of all vertical leaps. He had a twenty nine point five 
Why were you not spending the last month doing any nothing? 29.5. That's embarrassing. I had a vertical of 37. What? Right. At the very least, you, you could improve upon it. He didn't even jump it. He didn't run the 40. He did do the L, you know, the three cone. Um, and then, so we get into the, you get into the, the field drills and he is exhausted. He is, he's panting, asking for water break. Not in shape. It's, he's not in shape. And it's really disappointing because you watch him in some of these drills and a lot of the Saints coaches are out leading these drills, you know, so it was, you know, Marcus Robertson and uh, Joe Woods and Michael Hodges um, all out there. Cody Burns was out there as well. And so you see the feet on this kid and they're incredible. You can hear it. He was out there with Jerry Jenkins was the only other wide receiver. And they were going through the same drills. And it would look like they were doing two different things because yep. Kayshawn's footwork is so good. And the way he's able to move is so amazing. And he's so good at tracking the ball. But then something like being in shape for your pro day. Uh, you know, and he, he, had, he asked for two water breaks. And well, this is like maybe that, That's 10, terrible. 10, that, that, hey, hey, Jeff, you tell me indoor. two water breaks. To me, that's why. Yeah. Brian Kelly was on his well, butt. Well, and that's why <laughs> you don't need yes men around you. You need no, it's, people it's around you that's going to make you better. You. Yeah, now like, oh, yeah. uh, Keishon, you the man, you the man. Like, what? You need somebody yeah. on his young behind to get him motivated. No, this is what's at, at hand. The task you know, at hand. It, Come on. And I, and I only, I'm only being hard on him because he does have the talent. You can see it. And it's just, you know, there's, you talk about character, and that's, those are the questions you have. It's like, is he going to do the work? He wouldn't have made it through an NFL practice the way we saw him working today, right? If he came down here and played in the sun in July <laughs> – wouldn't have made it through. He, so that's that's something that's concerning. The um, other guy is Anthony Bradford for me. Yeah. I've had two different head coaches at LSU, two different offensive line coaches tell me best, most talented offensive lineman on the LSU front five. And yet he has fought weight and conditioning issues. But you know what? Um, he's got his weight down. Now, he was a guy, I guarantee you, his second number was a seven for most of his career at LSU. He was 370 or plus, and you know, so Mike, he, he's been he able like a, to keep his weight down. Is he like a fourth rounder or what? Yeah, I think, he, I think maybe late third, early fourth. No, if he can keep his weight down and his conditioning gets better, as a run blocker, he's really good. What we saw, he got exposed a little bit because he'd tire out sometimes in games late. He would get beat with a pass rush. But Anthony Bradford, to have that many people and people on the team tell you, man, Anthony Bradford is an NFL player and a good one if he can keep his weight down. He's a guy that I think a lot of people have on their radar. Now, again, you're going to have to kind of always worry about his weight, but he is a really talented big man. Yeah, he didn't do any of the – so he, he obviously weighed in, but we didn't see him doing any of the other drills today. So I don't really have a ton – on him, but the, there's two other players that I think did impress me a bit on the field. One was Jaqueline Roy, who, yep. you know, he does, he moves very well at his size. He's, he's definitely a run player uh, at the next level, but you know, a five, one, three uh, for a defensive tackle is That's pretty impressive. really good. Yeah. yeah. And you can, you can see the athleticism there. So I think that he's, he's a guy who could catch on. The other is Colby Richardson, who I don't think has a lot of people are, talking about but he's just got he's just this lanky long corner i think he developed McNeese. a lot yeah yes mcneese state kid i think he developed a lot over this last season at lsu and i think there's a lot of untapped potential there um and so he, he just has kind of the the profile that you'd want to see kind of that that long corner you're in a four four eight 
Um, and so he's a guy who I could see maybe latching on as a UDFA somewhere and catching some people by surprise. Jeff, the other guy, too, for me is Jay Ward. And I yeah. said this about Cardell Flott last year. Okay, he could play in the slot, he could play outside, and he can play the dime safety. Okay, you can say the same thing about Jay Ward. He's played outside, he's played in the nickel, he's played the big dime safety, and he's also played some free safety. Jay Ward's going to get picked a lot harder than people think because of his versatility, and also he can play special teams. He's a really good athlete. He may not run great for the clock, but he was a leader on that team. He's smart. He puts himself in a position to make a play against the run, and also he matches up. You can't play all those spots if you don't match up downfield. I think because of his versatility and his athleticism, he's going to get picked a lot harder than people think. And he's potentially, to me, similar to Flott, a top 100 pick. Actually, Cardell got picked, I think it was either 81 or 82 last year. And, Mike, people were shocked at that because the more you could do. The better chance you got. Yeah. And the Giants just love picking LSU players, as we've we've seen. Um, well, we like Ohio State players. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jeff, would you be shocked if we don't travel? I think for sure we draft an Ohio State player. Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. It, it feels inevitable, right? <laughs> it, it's just a question of which one. You know, Daywan Jones, I, I feel like, would be a dream pick if they can land him for some for some depth at left tackle. But, um, no, I, I think you're right in terms of Jay. We saw a lot of him at the Senior Bowl. Um, so he wasn't a guy that I watched particularly closely today. But, no, he's he's – I think he has potential, and it's a question of whether he can get to it. Um, he's definitely got the athleticism and the coverability. It's just whether he can put it all together, in my opinion. And, and he was moved around so much sometimes that, you know, kind of rose around your head a little bit. Uh, but I think once they settle him down in a spot, and I think it will be in the nickel, and I think he will play some dime safety, uh, I think he'll end up being a guy that's similar to a P.J. Williams-type player, that he can do both of that. And also play outside if you needed him. Well, you bank for your buck, P.J. Williams, in a Saints uniform. That's always a team-friendly deal. Mike, when he was corner of safety, it seemed like he'd go year to year. And he was hurt this year. That that was the thing. Yeah, you didn't but, get a good But what I'm saying, you PJ. might say, well, what do you mean value? Like $4 million? Yeah, in the NFL today, they were paying him like $4 million. That's value for P.J. Williams and his experience. i never forget that Titans game. Remember all of a sudden they told him that week, okay, Dang. Andrew, you know, okay, you got to go play safety. And he did outstanding. I mean, he practiced like twice and did a great job. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your insights on LSU's Pro Day. All right, Jeff. Sure. Thanks, y'all. Thanks a lot. Jeff Nowak, our WWL Sports Digital Producer, also on our talent here on the Big 870. We'll be back with more sports talk on the Big 870 right after this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.